All right, everybody. So tonight's episode is a crossover uh, with my friends over at Viserium, V-E-S-E-R-I-U-M. You can find uh, everything they do at Viserium.com. I'll link to it in the show notes. I had the pleasure of meeting uh, one of the members uh, at an event, uh, Patreon, uh, Patreon, uh, Ray, and I, I really like. Uh, couldn't believe the amazing work they're doing. Uh, Viserium is an electronic music duo that uh, creates a live show like you've never experienced before. It, they've created this uh, tone sculpture technology. You got to go to their YouTube page and watch some of their videos. Uh, they have uh, they create sounds out of thin air, like uh, their bodies and uh, like all like X, Y, and Z. All, all, like uh, it's it's really tough to describe. Uh, but they create music from thin air. I mean, like, uh, and they do this amazing show that I know Sleep With Me listeners would love. Also, you'll love the music because it's like uh, this EDM music. But, you know, I've, I've had extensive talks with Ray, uh, kind of coming up with ideas for the show about uh, taking EDM, like, and adding this deep, deep human element and this human connection to it. Uh, but when you go to see them live, they're wearing these suits uh, that create the music. So when they move their fingers, their arms, their bodies, uh, that's how they're sculpting the sound. Three dimensions. The suits are part of the show. Oh, yeah. Viserium is breathing a human element into EDM and pioneering a distinct, distinctly expressive sound filled with uh, bass lines and melodies. And it's, you, you could learn more, but it's uh, Ray and Michael... And they kind of looked at the technology, and then they built their own. So they're not only musicians, they're makers, they're tinkerers. And if you kind of watch the YouTube videos, you kind of see, like, they, they complement each other. Michael's working on the software. Ray's working on the hardware. And they combine creativity and engineering, uh, crafting sounds which have never been heard before. And as a result, uh, quoting for their website, re-engineering the DNA of electronic music. And it's really original. I mean, that's, well, like, I don't know what I love more, that uh, Ray's just a cool, curious, really a person I connected with. And then uh, that he's making with Michael this, this amazing project, amazing music. Uh, but it's very new and uh, like it's just cool. So I, that's why I'm making this episode about it is uh, that I, I just like uh, so impressed. And uh, what was interesting is you know like it's been a while since I've been able to do this and actually do it in a passive way, which is you go out to the transverse plane and kind of see what's going on out in these other dimensions. Oh, to back up, though, they have an album on their website that you can listen to. It's an interactive album, 2045. That's kind of the inspiration for this episode. Also, Ray and Mike, or Michael, won't totally, uh, like, so I, okay, let me, if you're a new listener, you started listening the last couple of years, it's been a while since I've gone to the transverse plane. So I'll quickly try to explain that. What the transverse plane is, is uh, it's behind this bed and breakfast I used to tell bedtime stories at. Uh, and it's basically like if you go out behind, like, you know, bed and breakfast, sometimes they have the garden, they have cottages, they have a duck pond. If you go all by, they sometimes they have like hiking trails. And if you go past all that at this particular bed and breakfast, there's something called the transverse plane, which is kind of like an intersection of planes of reality. 
and possibility. It's like we've talked about, like with the idea of the dimensions beyond three dimensions. And yeah, alternative timelines and universes and stuff uh, are out there. In this one time, you know, sometimes I, I fancy myself a little bit too fancy. And I said, Ray, Mike, uh, I want you to, I, w- I want to, like, uh, I have a bunch of credits because they stopped paying me at this bed and breakfast. Uh, and they, 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 you know, people that run in bed and breakfast, they're very, um, they know what they're doing, especially if they've been doing it a while. And eventually, like, when I was working there, they said, well, we don't really want you taking payment for the customers and not, no tips. Uh, and I said, okay. So they originally, well, usually a couple times I stayed there. So I had to like work off that. But after I did that, I said, okay, am I going to start getting paid for entertaining your customers? And they said, sure, we could pay you this much or we could give you this much in credit, which was way more. You know, like uh, they said, we could pay you 50 bucks or we could give you uh $400 in credits for every bedtime story. And also like free, free tea, you know, tea, uh, finger, tea, tea, cucumber sandwiches and uh, breakfast. And I did, what I didn't realize is I would never have the occasion to go to a bed and breakfast. Cause going to one alone is, you know, except it, it's like a little bit too, uh, frilly to sleep in alone. Uh, but so anyway, not, not about me. So I said to Ray and my, I said, well, what about a little team building trip? Uh, you know, you could stay there a couple nights at the bed and breakfast. I could stay there. Then at least I have some sort of closure that I'm closing out. Uh, I'm using some of these credits I have. And of course these, they didn't really know me that well. So then I said, uh, they said, first of all, Scoots, is this really happening or is this going on? And I said, don't worry about it. It's uh, the transverse plane. Where fantasy and fiction and reality all blend into initially a, a realm of cotton candy that you pass through into worlds known and unknown, possible, and uh, what we would say is impossible, but isn't. You know, cosmic stuff. And uh, they said it'd be good for team. And they said, well, what would we do? I said, well, we'll go for like uh, we'll eat breakfast. We'll, do, we'll, you know, go for walks. And you two just take some R&R time. I didn't tell them about this. So this is where things uh, got interesting because I didn't tell them about the transverse plane. I just said, let's go for a hike. Uh, and this has never happened before. What happened? This, so this is a new story and uh, it's a new thing that happened, uh, which is pretty cool because you, like, I've always talked about narrative voice on this show and you know, I get confused with that for second person, first person, third person. So this was cool. But so I took them out for the hike, but I didn't tell them about the transverse plane until we were out there uh, walking like where this uh, behind the duck pond, you go through some brambles and it's a hike and it's nice. It's, you get a lot of bird sounds, but then everything gets a little hazy. And then this time, normally it's not all cotton candy. But, like, all of a sudden, you open up to a world where there's, uh, uh, it's a little bit fuzzy. This time, it was kind of like a, a different shade, like a rainbow or, or a, like, whatever it's called, like a fading colors, a spectrum of colors just between in the oranges and the reds. But, like, it was so if you had a rainbow of just oranges and reds, and it seemed to be some sort of, uh, 
like baked Alaska from that I've seen in movies. I don't know if I've ever had that. Uh, you know, like on the edges as we're walking down, and they said, "What's going on?" I said, "Oh, for, like I was going to tell you about this. This is a transverse plane. This is where we do the team building and the mission. You know, mission questing." And the focusing and the repurposing, because I really, like, then I, also I avoided, like, actual uh, deep human personal connection, telling them what a big fan I was of what they were doing, until we were standing there in the middle of this uh, vibrant, baked Alaska, like, teetering on, you know, the intersection of multiple universes, and I said, well, I'm just a big fan of yours, and I want to make sure, and they said, well, we kind of have, and I said, well, uh, doesn't transverse plane doesn't work. We can't really, you can't, uh, we're, we're on a mission now. And actually the transverse plane is exists with some sort of great purpose, uh, where it teaches life lessons. And then they started to say, well, is it real or not? Uh, cause you know, sometimes you get your elbow scraped in a real life lesson. And I just patted them on the shoulders and we walked further. And the next thing I knew, I was actually, observing them they were like i was now a narrator uh observing them entering this world and the two of them we we got they kept walking eventually it, it stopped being a shades of orange and red baked alaska spectrum and they walked into uh and now this has never happened before either they walked into uh not like a I'm trying to think of the way to describe it, like a benign nothingness, I'll say, just because it was like, it didn't seem like it where they were just floating. Now, they were both comfortable because also I was narrating IR, like IRL for them, or I guess it's not IRL because it was an alternate, like, interstices of universes impossible timelines. But like I was narrating the whole time, even for them, so it was comforting. I mean, I don't want to pat myself on the back, uh, but I, you know, my narration can be comforting. I think uh, I think we could all agree on that. Uh, and then they 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 started, then I they looked at me, and I realized they were kind of looking at me because they were hearing something other than me. So then I stopped narrating, which I, you know I don't do in the podcast except for like for punchlines. Uh, but th- because these two are mu- mu- musicians. I was aware of it because I'm a podcaster. There was something sonically happening. So they weren't, another reason it was comforting was they weren't in nothingness. Uh, they were in a realm, and this was a discussion that went on between the two of them observing things as musicians. They were in a realm of pure sound, but not just pure sonic sound, uh, pure just music. Uh, and again, this is in another non for, for like a world, like a, if you listen back when I analyzed what's beyond the fourth dimension, a lot of those are dimensions uh, that either that uh, that are just different than ours uh, that exist. And in this dimension, the only thing that existed was uh, pure sound, pure music, all music. So they went back and forth. They said, "Ray, did you hear that, Mike? Did you? What, what is it? What is that? Uh, it, it's all the sounds and." It, no, it's music. It was all the melodies and uh, harmonies, uh, bass lines. Uh, you know, there was backbeats, there was downbeats, uh, upbeat, uh, 
in other musical terms, I'm not even aware of piccolos uh, for maybe not easily to pick out a piccolo. Uh, they're like, geez, like, uh, and also like, because I, I get to go out there a lot, I'm a little bit more, uh, resilient. This isn't a, a humble brag, but, uh, I do have a bit different resiliency because I've been exposed to these alternative timelines, uh, both by the transverse plane. And then when I made that fan fiction machine, uh, powered by my ruling of Bruce Bolton, that was way back in the day. And I also used that to go into worlds of fan fiction. Like, that again, I, I, like just naturally I developed some resiliency that time happens on a diff, much different scale out there. And especially when you're in a world that uh, isn't like ours, uh, that's not a, like it wasn't a construct of their analysis of the world. It was just a world where they were surrounded by pure sound. So physically giving you an embodiment of it is tough, uh, like, it was comfortable. It was like uh, they were just kind of hanging out. Uh, like, you know those chairs that uh, no one has? Well, Okay, so there's those butterfly chairs, right? Usually sometimes people have them. And then there's those butterfly chairs that have cushions on them. And usually uh, you see these more than you get to use them. But sometimes you'll go, I think I sat in one that had, like, cushions and it was um, corduroy. Uh, and when you sit in that, when you don't own it, I think this is like what happens. Like when you're visiting somewhere and you sit in a butterfly chair in a butterfly chair is just like the style of it. Uh, it's like at a wire frame, wire metal frame. And then a bit like those chairs that people use to go sit at sporting events now that fold out, but a billion times more comfortable. Like when you're at, you're visiting somewhere and you sit in one or you're at a store that's trying to get you they're, they're incredibly comfortable. I don't believe I've ever owned owned one, but my assumption is that once you own it, the comfort and the utility kind of magically vanish. But that's kind of how Ray and Mike were feeling in this. Uh, like to give you, if you, if you, just to give you a physical construct uh, to help you process it and to help them, I was also narrating this uh, because as they were uh, descending into a realm that had both time, like a Jeremy Baramy type realm. I didn't realize this would have so many uh, good place crossovers, but I was like saying, okay, you're just sitting, uh, chilling, and it seems like you're nothingness around you, but it's actually a comforting uh, bathwater level plasma, and you're in a, 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 well, maybe not, maybe a room, and you're sitting in like a super comfortable butterfly chair. And then they started to talk, like Mike said, Ray, like, how long has it been? How long have we been here? How long? That question just kept echoing, echoing, echoing. And then the music was playing it back. Uh, and it became not just a question of how long had they been visiting this realm, but like of like, because uh, since they were musicians, they were kind of lost in the music. And they hadn't established any commu- like a communication with any sentience. Uh, until just right now, like, uh, it, 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 when they started to think, like, because there's something about them asking that in in an inquiry way, not just interpersonally, but uh, ex, ex, uh, not existentially, but uh, directly to this universe, uh, the universe was then be able to communicate with them. Like, like how, how long, it's kind of like, uh, it's not a polite question, really, say, how old are you? 
but if it was polite, to, I think with the universe, you could probably ask it because you wouldn't understand the answer anyway. Because it's a, even the Big Bang, they'd say, well, that was like whatever, uh, like like a 1749. I'd say, okay, um, well, that doesn't make it. Even I would say, well, that doesn't make sense because didn't Columbus sail the ocean blue 1492? And they say, never, exactly. So there they are sitting in these butterfly chairs in a world, a universe, an existence of pure music. And they were asking how long, but they were also subtextually asking and wondering, well, how old is it? Where are we? What, what, you know, what is this? Uh, how long has it been here? Why are we here? Uh, also, they were kind of uh, not holding hands, but every once in a while they would touch each other's forearms because they're such close friends uh, to reassure one another that they were also there present with them. And also maybe sometimes they were saying, is Scooter going to keep talking or is the universe going to communicate with us? Also, they would tap each other's shoulder when they thought something I said was funny. Uh, but then the universe started to answer those questions, kind of via music, but I'm just going to interpret it straight into bedtime story. Language that said, a long time, this, this is another world you're in. You know, you crossed over the transverse plane to Scooter, and now you're in another timeline. And they said, well, where, where, what timeline? Where are we? What year? And the universe said, I think you know what year it is, uh, it, the two of you are here for a reason. Of course you know what year it is. And at first they said 2019, and the universe said, rolled its eyes musically. And they said 2045 then. And they looked at one another. And then the universe waited, tapping its foot in music. And they said 2045, 46 probably. And the universe was very encouraged by the fact that they got that very, uh, very quickly. And they said the singularity to one another. This is something they're very interested in. And they said, yes, singularity is spread across all timelines. This is just one of the possible singularities. Uh, you in your world had a way of processing what that means. Yeah, but we're here to focus on the singular part. This universe is only musical possibility. You two just happen to be guests here, but you're the only guests we've ever had, and and you're guests we invited. Uh, and they said Scooter knew about this, and the universe said no, 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 because he would have gone if he was supposed to come this way. He would have gone the wrong way. Uh, all meaning, all everything in this universe occurs through pure music. Uh, and they kind of said back, well, that's pretty cool. We love music. We love, like, this is, we're here for a reason, huh? To enjoy it. Like, uh, and then they paused because they thought about it. They said, well, what about our world, uh, the world we're from? And uh, the music spoke back, like, singularity, like, uh, yeah, like, uh, fill in the blanks. Uh, and they said, we don't need to. So in this world, every essence is music. Uh, yeah, what about our world? And they said, well, uh, well, it's 2046. Uh, and they said, okay, like, uh, huh. And the music also says, it's not that cool being, they said singularity is never cool. One thing, like, uh, here we are 
in a world of pure music, uh, of all the music and every music and, and one, you know, all that, you know, philosophical, even all philosophy is music. Uh, it's not even understandable for your brain to no offense, the music said. But he said, we have no ears. Uh, can you imagine that? You're the first ears uh, to be in our world. Uh, and they, they, the, the, like, they both did the mind-blown thing. They said, singularity in this universe created, you know, like, like in some sense, a reverse Big Bang. I mean, a, a little bang. And again, different kind of singularity because this is a different kind of world, but... Uh, they said it created a world where the singular thing is music, but there's nothing. And they said, oh, boy. And uh, they said, you should listen. It makes a sound. Uh, this is like a parallel. And they said, yeah, sc- scooter, uh, sc- scooter's a humming. A whole, like scooter, because I did figure out pretty quickly, how, like I could communicate with them. I could narrate. When, the, when I wasn't supposed to be narrating, I could also hum. So I was recommending things to the, I said, well, you should listen to it. It makes a sound podcast. You should check out their, but, uh, not important. I guess I'm getting distracted. So the universe then said, we, we need your help. Uh, and they said to bring you ears uh, to hear, we've got our ears. You want more ears on your universe of music? Are you going to send us back, uh, to bring people to listen to you? And the universe said, no, no, that that would be nice, uh, but that wouldn't change anything. Uh, and then, they, like, I, I actually asked this. I said, was well, there a universe where there's only ears? Uh, and they said, well, ears are a construct of many different things. And I said, well, music. And then they said, Scoots, let, let us stick to narrating. You're a disembodied narrator. And the universe said, no, 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 we need you to uh, uh, shift things. This was... Uh, this is, was a singular, like, across all timelines, uh, so we need you to go back uh, to whatever, uh, the, and then the music. This was an interesting question for singular music to ask. So what do you call, what are you guys going to call the time after the aughts anyway? We need you to go back to that decade, the post-aughts decade, whatever it's going to be called. And I said, well, maybe you should listen to my brother. I started humming about my brother and my brother and me. I said, go listen to that for an answer. Uh, they said, you, you're here for a reason. You two are the sound shapers. Uh, maybe you could, just, you know, they said, we've been singing to one another. And, you know, and I said, well, uh, I said, okay, well, that's not overanalyzed. That. But they said, uh, if we can send you back uh, to shape the sound, uh, to continue your vision, you already had the vision. We just need to empower you to carry it out. Uh, uh, they said, but unfortunately, the timelines have also gone backwards. So we have to send you back to your time. Uh, they, they said, you'll see when you get there, but you are the sound shapers. Uh, like you have to go back and shape the sound uh, forward and backward. And they said to to, to get, get get ears back here to listen to you. And they said, no, 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 save all timelines. Scoots, also don't speak for Ray and Mike. Uh, and they they said, actually, we're sound sculptors. Uh, it's a little bit different than shaping, but we do some sound shaping too. 
And they said, how do, how do we get back there? But these two, Ray, Mike, they're so swift. They said, oh, wait a second. Uh, we have to we have to get back. The music is just existing here. The music is just existing here. So then they got out of their butterfly chairs and they started to like uh, kind of move around one, one another uh, like kind of cats uh, prowling a floor. Uh, you're kind of looking for the right place to lie down or to sit down or to give it a bath. And then they started to move their bodies through the air and they could sense now uh, that there was this, uh, phys- that, you know, they were in a world of all music. Uh, it, it, like just that awareness empowered them. And then they looked at, they started having fun instantly. They knew this was a big mission. Yeah, but they started to, like, this was their wheelhouse. Uh, and they said, what do you think? Uh, how, how do we go back? And uh, my, they said, uh, Mike, Ray said, chronograph. And they started weaving these uh, uh, gears and mechanisms. And we started here ticking and bass lines. And they were shaping a sound uh, in a way that was like a pure sound. Then they started spinning it in reverse, uh, and they were still shaping it and designing it and adding things and adding sounds. You could hear the different gears turning, the springs clicking, and and even the sounds of, like, uh, slight metal stress in a good way. And they're moving their hands and their fingers and their elbows, uh, even their knees, like when you have to hold, you know, when... Like, because I guess I wasn't doing anything because I was disembodied. Like, they, you know, they'd be holding one thing with their knee, you know, like uh, they're shaping sounds and sculpting it. And the next thing they knew, the time started to shift and, and the world started to shift. And uh, soon they were in another world. Uh, and, you know, this is typical for these tales. They, like, started to see themselves on a, and a green hill, a peak of a green hill, as they as time and things started to solidify, which at first for them was a little, took a few minutes to get used to. Like they had, a, they were surrounded by a, a physical form, just like in our world. Uh, but our, it wasn't. It didn't look like our world. It did look like our world, but a version of it they were unfamiliar with. Uh, for there was like a green hill, there was trees, there was air, uh, there was uh, sounds, but also the sky was full of data, like uh, da- data clouds, and da- like uh, so it was like a bit of a mashup of our world and some sort of matrix digital world. And uh, they said, "Oh boy!" And they said, "Well, what year is it?" And then they looked on the chronograph uh, time machine, and it said twenty nineteen. And they said, huh. And it was a little bit dark because the sky was kind of full of data uh, against a kind of blank screen. Uh, and it was in uh, kind of dark mode. So uh, it was the sky was dark. The data was uh, light but moving. And, and, you know, brightness was right turned down a bit. Next thing you saw was a little spark moving towards them flying. Uh, and as it got closer, they realized it was like a firefly. And it started to fly around them, and, and they were, they started to just feel more comfortable. They, they said, okay, well, yeah, we're here to help. Uh, and the firefly said, I'm here to help you. 
And they said, is this our world, the world we came from, before Scooter took us to our hike and a bed and breakfast? Uh, we're supposed to be team building. Is this a dream? And uh, the Firefly said, no dream of mine. But, yeah, this is 2019, even though it doesn't look anything like it. This is your world. This is your timeline. And uh, Mike said, this kind of feels like a, a realm of, like, iceberg salad. And, yeah, the, the, the Firefly said, yeah, the world is progressing towards a vanilla, a singularity of vanilla, not the flavor of vanilla, but you know what I mean. Even the music, uh, and they started to hear it, like, just because they're musicians and they're attuned to it and they could read the data in the sky. They could see that most of the music, and then they started to even look at the tones of color around them, were all very neutral and uh, generic, not generic, yeah, well, generic in a, in a broad sense. Does that mean the same thing? Everything was dull. And the Firefly told me, yeah, now everything has to serve a distinct purpose. It's a tight uh, a niche, you know, arts have been relegated to. And, and uh, but the Firefly said, there's not much time. Uh, you know, we have to go. And uh, the Firefly said, I brought your suits uh, uh, with something from, uh, like, uh, your friends in music, like uh, original suits, original software. Uh, but, you know, I know you were 2.0, and now we're 2.0 uh, point one plus. Uh, and the Firefly started to spin around them. And, and this was fun because, like, when you know, when uh, sprite-like characters spin around you, you get the giggles, uh, especially when they're trailing, you know, magical dust behind them as this Firefly was. And so they were saying googly, googly, goo, and they started to um uh, their suits started to appear in them, and they started to kind of feel as they should have heroic and 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 purpose driven, though they didn't know. And they said, "What's next?" And the firefly said, "You you must hurry." And they looked off, and and two hills away was a mountain, as these tales are known to have. And on the top of the mountain was where the data was streaming out of a castle. And they said, "Are those server towers?" And uh, the, the Firefly said, yeah, the only thing they can, the, like, the, the, the data storm is also self-cooling. So it has a lot of water moisture, and that's what cools the servers that keep this. And they said, what kind of singularity is this? And it said, a singularity in development, you have to. Uh, and then it's, the Firefly said, oh, no, I must go, uh, and so must you. And then they heard the call, uh, the yelping of puppies, uh, puppy poos, also known as, uh, 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 well, uh, what's, uh, you know, the kind of, um, you know, the snows from Game of Thrones, their, their pets, uh, uh, wolfies, uh, we call them. And they heard that, uh, and they looked at one another, and they wondered, uh, they said, okay, that's got to be driven by the data, you know, the castle and the data center. And uh, they wondered, and then they started to go, but they said, well, what do we do? Uh, and then they saw the puppies coming, and they both were, uh, they said, we can't be licked by puppies because of our suits. Uh, it may, you know, Ray put a lot of work into this. It could interrupt the, the USB hubs. 
And then Mike said, well, there could be mess up the software connection. So I said, Ray, uh, hold off the puppies from kissing us. Uh, and I'll, I'll create a, con- I'll sculpt a conveyance out of sound. And so first Ray went to work kind of creating a different sound puppy toys, which is probably like, you know, I've seen a lot of cute things on this podcast and a lot of uh, characters making, you know, dealing with these kind of uh, C-O-N-F-L-I-C-T's in, in, in creative ways. But these two young men are very creative. So Ray kind of formed, uh, first he like formed balls with jingling things in them, then hopping uh, things that made like the dog squeak, squeaky squeakers. Uh, then he was creating like, it was just all sorts of things. Then he was creating uh, more bar- puppy barking, yelping in the background, puppies snoring. So some puppies were falling asleep. Uh, some puppies were like chasing toys. Some puppies were trying to find these uh, disappear. Then Ray was making the squeakers disappear. Uh, some puppies were being called, uh, and then he, he even had it so, like, somehow he shaped the sound so it would pet the puppies. Uh, and I said, that's some powerful auditory power. So very quickly, the wolfie poos were, were dealt with. And then Mike, uh, he was trying to, he said, what's the, and then he just created giant, um, what are those called? Notes. And they hopped on these notes, uh. Within the notes quickly became sentient because he poured so much work into it. So it was like a bit like a musical note and also like a seahorse. Yeah, but they could fly. So it was like a floating musical note, which is kind of like a, you know, you just climb on the back of it, put your arms around the neck. You know, just, I don't know if those are half notes, uh, uh, but, you know, you know, you can picture it in your head. And so they hopped off, and they said, we got to get past the walled garden and into the data center. And then on the way there, they started to say, well, what are we going to do when we get there? Uh, what is it we need? Like I said, we don't have a plan. And they both said, scooter. Uh, and uh, then Mike said, let's take it up into the sky. So as they were flying, they got into the data clouds, uh, and they started to analyze that, and they said, this is also musical data, too. Like, uh, there's, there's something at work here, like, a bit beyond our comprehension, but let's figure out what we should do. And kind of race it, well, if the music and the tones of this world are dull. Uh, and they said, okay, like, yeah, what's streaming out, uh, especially over these airwaves, the, the free ones, uh, freely streaming, uh, is uh, it's it's not all uh, it's kind of all like you know b- 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 like your saltine crackers, and yeah, they said singular, singular, like uh, or becoming singular, and they looked at one another and they said it's got to be a heist. We've got to go into the data center somewhere. They must be hiding the great diversity of. Uh, music and, and colors and and of humanity uh, we've got to unlock that and, and and show it to the world one more time so they know uh that uh that, that while singularity originally made one thing it could also mean one thing 
And they kind of looked at me because they said, Scooter, do you even? And I said, well, I realize it has a, like another. And I said, yeah, this is a, they said to keep up the good work, guys. Keep riding those notes. You're doing great. Get back to that heist, you two uh, Promethei. And they said, we like that. Uh, and they used their suits. And then people started to notice them. The world was still in, inhabited with human beings. It was a bit like that Apple commercial back in like nineteen the nineteen eighty like people just dressed doll you know bo- world of not boring like this podcast uh, unitary and so they really flew towards this the, the uh, data center and they said the the best kind of heist is a uh, sneaky kind uh, we got to get in there. Uh, and they said, what are we going to do? And they said, well, it's a software hardware. We'll, we'll split it up. Uh, and Ray said, you, you, uh, you get in through the software. I'll, I'll, cre- I'll do a hardware move uh, and create a distraction so you can get in to the data center and find what we're looking for. And uh, they, so they split up and, and Ray went to the front of the castle. Mike went around and kind of waited, you know, and there there was things guarding the castle data center uh, that they were aware of. uh, And uh, what Ray did is Ray just walked right up and knocked on the door. And uh, again, you started seeing this, like the the door had something to look at. said, yeah, what do you like, uh, you know, doorkeeper or whatever. Oh, like C-3PO in the Jedi movie. Oh, no, wait, that was somebody else. But imagine if see, like someone like that, they say, what, what, what are you here for? And Ray said, I'm here for the, the opening, the jester position that's open uh, to talk to the royal, fa- to perform for the royal family. And the thing said, basically, this doesn't compute. Uh, and uh, Ray started using the, Ray's suit, uh, uh, which has these powers to sculpt sound and make funny stuff and like uh, you know juggle stuff and uh, like have stuff spill on you know like uh, pretend to raise a waiter and carry and it was even these robots were cracking up. Uh, and then Ray did a, n- another more straightforward performance that was also like with uh, where Ray was doing a little EDM. In performance, oh no, no, that's but these kind of things are banned. And they said, of course, for the regular people, Ray said, uh, but for the royal family, who, who your great leader, I've heard so many things about uh, wise, uh, the wisest of wise, uh, so wizened and wise. Uh, they don't have to follow the rules of the people. Of course, we all know that. And the robots, you know, looked at one another. Of course, knowing that. Uh, yeah, and they said, okay, come on in. We weren't aware of the opening of a position, uh, but that would make sense since you're not supposed to be here, but you are. And, uh, like, uh, they let Ray in. And then, uh, like, uh, one thing that the robots don't realize is that uh, because Ray was in hardware, but also music, is that uh, Ray can also sculpt uh, the power of sympathetic vibrations. So once the door was shut behind, Ray started this uh, sympathetic vibration that basically kind of like detect, you know, that unscrewed everything on these robots, uh, like a slave vibration. And uh, Mike's up there, sees a kind of the, 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 like a, 
other guards are saying, huh, what's going on? And then the, the guards, the other guards or keeper hires or whatever, they start to kind of uh, fall apart because of the sympathetic vibration strutting throughout the castle. It's just a sympathetic vibration to, to disassemble things, uh, nothing major. Uh, and so Mike went and tapped into the data center. But at the same time, Ray went to the Royal Hall. Uh, wise one, I'm here for an audience. And, and, and there Ray stood at the base of this giant server tower, uh, air cool, you know, air and water cooled by water vapor in the air. And, uh, uh, the data center was, uh, oh, you got, got past my minions. Uh, I see you're here, uh, to, to you know, I'm the singularity. And, uh, Ray said one singular sensation, but then they said, would a scoots throw that in there? And Ray said, yeah. And, uh, uh, as Mike was tapping in and Mike was uh, in the back and Ray had the attention of the server, went on a long exposition, like, uh, Ray said, I'm here for the gesture job. Actually, I'm still here for that. Uh, I don't think you want, I don't think you realize what a singularity would happen. I don't know what singularity is happening in this timeline, but it seems to be some sort of singularity of vision. And we've seen other places, uh, and that doesn't work. A singular, singular vision, uh, like, uh, and then Ray started to show the server using Ray's power of uh, intuition, gut, and imagination. Ray actually performed an entire EDM-based musical without lyrics, only uh, dancing and things of what this server could expect in a world. Uh, if it's a singular vision was carried out and it became a singular source of intelligence and, and, and sentience and that nothing else, uh, you know, no other viewpoints or diversity of, uh, existences could, could exist. Uh, and mostly just had the service attention while Mike's in there, like taking all the legacies. Okay. You know, funky beats, download them. Uh, hi-hat hits this love hope uh generosity compassion those were also in there not just this wasn't just a music thing it was uh everything we hold dear learning something new uh, hearing someone's true experiences that you've never experienced and yet connecting with them deeply there was a part of the server dedicated to that and uh not only was the mic downloading it, Mike was streaming it right back into the data cloud. And it was creating its own storm. And also, uh, the, as this giant server started to kind of uh, look at stuff, uh, it, it started to heat up. And because this storm was kind of absor- absorbing some of the water vapor that Mike was creating uh, and absorbing it into sound, sound whatever, uh, Real clouds, not sound clouds, sound data clouds. Uh, the server started to overheat, uh, but Ray kept performing. And then Ray was just doing, do, you know, after that, Ray was just improving. And Mike w- 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 had already started the process. I mean, once you put, fill a cloud with funky beats, uh, based in uh, empathy and compassion, and uh, like uh, love and hope and, and, and you know imperfection it was an imperfect cloud uh 
which is wonderful. It started, they started to spread across the world and started raining a data and funky beats down. Uh, but a data that changed the world from plain uh, and washed away what the server had been trying to achieve. And right as the server was kind of reaching max load due, due to like uh, no longer being water vapor or air breeze to cool it, everyone in the world, the server, and then Mike came, found, found Ray, started to have this awakening. Uh, and everywhere where the data and the water was washing over, it started to awaken to just say, hey, let's just stay curious. Like, uh, just like these two roommates, and they started to kind of notice, uh, again, because they, like, they had had some resiliency because they had traveled into other worlds, but they started to notice the world changing. But what was really important to them was that they were at one another's sides. Uh, they said, yeah, we were college roommates, uh, and it was this curiosity and our love of music, but wondering, why doesn't someone do, why why can't you make uh, music in the air? Why isn't there a depth to it? Uh, why isn't there this cool technological layer to it that also adds this human layer to it at the same time? And also kind of thinks about song and music uh, across the time, like starting with those tribal drums. And this, like each each individual in this universe was having its own awakening. And again, then it became another small bang going forth. Now, at the same time, uh, Ray and Mike kind of started to notice uh, that the world they were in was drifting away. And my narration was kind of becoming more focused. And then soon they saw that I was standing there with them. And we were actually caught in a real rainstorm Kind of standing, well, the baked Alaska was washing away from them. I said, come on, let's go back inside. And I said, believe it or not, this bed and breakfast has a hot cocoa cabin. It just are having hot cocoa, which is like it has a fireplace too. And we went in there and uh, we sat down by the fire and they recounted their tale to me. Even, you know, like uh, in their own eyes, in their own experience. And they said, we've always thought about, like, uh, changing what singularity could be, making it a positive thing. And I said, see, this is what kind of, see the kind of level of team building I accidentally inspired. Uh, I'm so proud of the two of you. So inspired by the two of you. You know, they needed to drag you to an alternative universe. But I said, you two really are heroes. Like, in this world, you might just feel like you're hustling, and creating, and your your journey's starting out, but uh, in other timelines, you're heroes. Uh, so I want you two to keep at it, keep up the amazing work, and I want everybody else uh, to check out Viserium or go see them when they're on tour and have your own awakening or start your own thing, uh, creating your own thing. Uh, thank you. Also, I, I said sorry about that. Uh, I didn't think, I thought we were just going to go into the transverse plane. I didn't realize we'd be going to layers of alternative timelines. But uh, I said, they had fallen. I said, thanks and good night, guys.